0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Ah, yes. You tried. You tried, didn't you, you nasty influenza? But you couldn't keep the big man down. He's back. That's right. It's been a rough few days. Was it the Spanish
2: influenza? (laughs) It's not a joke. Isn't that where it came from? Is it a called a Spanish know. influenza? I, it felt more Dutch.
1: I didn't even Dutch. know there was a thing. <laughs> Spanish influenza. No, there's no, the a Spanish. From it's Luxembourg.
2: It's on the Mount Spanish. I Spanish Inquisition. Spanish influenza. Yeah. Spanish and the letter I. There's a there's a lot going on there. Whatever Italy it was, he kicked
1: my ass for four days.
2: <laughs> but he's back. How you feel? Did you did you did you enjoy the benefits of sickness? Did you lose a bunch of weight? Uh, seven pounds,
1: in fact. Seven pounds in five days. Seven pounds. Congratulations. Yeah. Look at you. The question is, is it going to stay off? We'll yeah. find out. No, it's
2: coming right back. <laughs> You're going you to get that appetite back. You'll probably be plus nine in about three days.
1: Yeah. There was at one point, as I was telling you earlier, where I slept for 17 hours in one day. Much like a bear. Much like a bear who did not want to be woken up from hibernation. <laughs> not in any way. And I don't know if you get this. But I might be a little cranky when that happens. <laughs> what did your wife think of all this? Um, she was incredibly, incredibly helpful and just was like on top of everything. That's great. For a good 36 hours. And then it all went to <laughs> and, and then she was like, all right, you're good. Whatever. Enough's enough with yeah, this. Exactly. Grow up. <laughs> she, like, she's sleeping in the other room. She's going away this weekend to visit with some friends. Yeah. And the last thing she wanted to be was sick for that, so she had no interest in being around me at all.
2: It's a fair play when yeah, you think about absolutely. it. Absolutely. I play. would be
1: doing the same thing, and yeah. I wouldn't have even helped for the first 36 hours yeah. if I'm going away. <laughs> like, if I was going away on a golf trip with buddies, no chance.
2: Be like, honey, I've been thinking about this for, like, three weeks. Exactly. I can't possibly compromise this golf trip. My my handicap's in single digits these days.
1: Uh, I'll tell you what has been in hibernation, though. All of my hot takes. Okay, All here we my go. takes, period, because we're freaking loaded up. It's Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. So, the Bears are sitting here at the number one pick. They I got I to jump in. I got to
2: jump in. You, you missed a great, you missed a great, speaking of hibernation, mm. the Chicago Bears. Oh, God. I mean, that was just sitting out there like a gigantic well, listen, meatball for you.
1: I'm not going to lie; there are still some Cob remnants webs. of this thing that are hanging around, uh, and my it, it it has felt like my brain has been in a cloud for a week. I mean, we talked about hibernation four
2: times, and we're leading into a conversation about the Chicago Bears, but that's all right. We'll we'll let that one slide. We'll let that
1: one slide. Wait, will we? Because you just right away went out. No, and we won't. It out. That was out of the to, I was trying to pull it. Welcome cord. back. Let me hug you, big man. <laughs> oh, here's where you screwed up right away.
2: Already an F for the opening segment of today's exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> you know what?
1: Do the rest of the show yourself. <laughs> wow, what positive words. I do words. want the takes, though. I do want the takes. What positive words from Caleb Williams. Yesterday, we, we saw from um, Ryan Poles, that uh, he wants to get this done uh, sooner rather than later, right? This was Ryan Poles yesterday at the Combine trying to figure out what they're going to do tomorrow.
3: (laughs) No, in all seriousness, though, before free agency? I would
0: love to know as soon as possible. Right? I mean, I I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, You know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm
1: also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. I have been sitting on this for a few days now because I have finally come around to the notion that you just need to do the simple, logical, smart thing. And that is to take the quarterback with the number one overall pick. You know how much I love Justin Fields and how much I think he can be a really good quarterback in this league. But the truth is he's been in the league a few years already And they're still having to ask themselves this question. And when you're still through that, when you're still through an evaluation and a hope process that things are going to get better and you have a, what I would consider to be a close to definitive answer sitting right in front of you. Why would you just not make things simple? Take that guy and trade Justin Fields away And get a decent package for him. Yes, they're going to play close to the vest right now, Joe. But all through here, there is no reason for the Bears to outthink themselves on this one.
2: Okay, so quick follow-up here. As a guy who really likes Justin Fields, are you saying right now you like fields, but this is what you think the bears are doing. Or are you saying if you were in charge of the bears, this is what you would do because you have been a, a staunch advocate of one Justin Fields for quite some time.
1: The answer to that question is both both. Okay. Yeah. I I think I would do it. And this is what I think the bears are doing. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade away this first pick because Joe, let's think about this for a second. What are you going to get in return for the pick? You're going to get a bunch of first and second round picks the next couple of years. Okay. So you stick with Justin Fields. Maybe you're looking for a quarterback again in a year or two. What's the hit rate on first round quarterbacks? I don't believe it to be great. 35%. That would over the support last support my
2: thesis right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Over the last 10, 12 years. If you're getting a bunch of first and second round picks, those are guys that you are hoping slash expecting turn into Pro Bowl level players. Over the last five years, Joe, only 18% of players drafted in the first or second round have made a Pro Bowl. And that's
2: not good considering the new regulations for the Pro Bowl, which is like the ninth best player gets in because everyone else opts out. Exactly. Like the Pro Bowl at this point, you just need to kind of show up and play a little bit during the regular season and you're in play.
1: Right. So for me, I, I don't need to roll the dice Five, six, seven times. I don't need to play five, six, seven different hands of blackjack. I can't operate under an assumption that I'm going to hit on every single one of those first and second round picks. Well, let's not get out of our skis. Good blackjack I, can be good blackjack. I, I it's, for me, it's chasing. But <laughs> I, I'm not saying it can't be good. But I'm saying that there are much there are chances that become much wider where I have a definitive win in front of you. Joe, if you're sitting there and you just double down and you got 21 or you got 20 right out of the deck and you bet more on it, why wouldn't you just sit there and stay on it as opposed to split into 10?
2: Okay, so this leads to a few key things. First and foremost, what do you think the, I don't want to necessarily say bust rate, but what do you think the percentage chance is that Caleb Williams is not the guy that we all believe him to be. That he is maybe Kirk Cousins? He turns out to be maybe he's what Geno Smith has been the last few years in Seattle, something along those lines. I'm not going to say bustola, but I'm going to say what if he turns out to not be this next great generational quarterback? What if he's good? What if he's a good quarterback? What if what what is the likelihood that could happen? 15
1: to 20%. Okay. So you're feeling pretty good then about taking Caleb. I am uh, when, when it's kind of universally acknowledged as to who the guy's going to be on this level, there are very few misses. I mean, Trevor Lawrence hasn't quite been what we expected so far, but he's solid. Yeah, and you feel like he's still ascending, don't you? I would say that, yes. I would say there's not a
2: reason to look at Lawrence and be like, oh, we all swung and missed on that one.
1: So if we're going to go as that is the basement or that is the floor on what it is right now, I'm still doing it. So
2: here's what, and while the Big Bear was away in hibernation, uh, your boy did some investigative journalism today. Oh, look at you. And by investigative journalism, I sent a singular text to a guy who covers the Bears. That's all I did. But I basically asked, like, what's going on it's with more this? More than I did. In terms of this timeline, like, what are we doing with this meeting in terms of whether or not the Bears are worried Fields wants to play or Williams wants to play for them? Because there's a lot of speculation out there. The belief is this the Bears are going to be meeting with Caleb Williams today or tomorrow. It looks like it's today, but that has not been nailed down yet. They want that meeting, then they want to make the decision. And a lot of people are sitting here, like, oh, trying to figure out, read between the tea leaves. It looks like they haven't met with him yet. They just want to get to know the guy. They want to see what he's made of. And you know what? It's fair because it would be pretty negligent on your behalf to commit to this kid without ever having even sat down with him. Like, I know a lot of people say, you don't need to sit down with him. He's an elite prospect. You still got to sit down and talk. You got to talk. That's the job. You're in Indianapolis. These meetings are happening everywhere. They're scheduled for you. It's not like it's a lot of work. You got to go sit down. You got to do the job. After that meeting officially takes place, that's when it feels, and this is just me speculating, it feels like it, the Bears feel good about that. They'll basically be coming out saying, okay, Fields is on the block, and they'll be looking to make the move, and then we'll get all the speculation and the discussion
1: as to where Fields is going to go and what it's going to cost. Listen, I, I think they're at a point right now where you just, you can only screw it up if you think, start thinking, quote, outside the box. The, the top pick in the draft is not for outside the box thinkers. It's for it's for people who when they see the best talent in the draft, they don't screw around. Like Trayvon Walker a couple of years ago was probably screwing around. When we look at what Aiden Hutchinson is. That was
2: absolutely screwing
1: around. Yeah. That and was again, that's we know quarterback, we, but you you see what I'm saying. That was
2: Jacksonville saying we know a lot more than the public. Yeah. And you know what? You know something different than the public. I wouldn't say you know more than the public, because Aiden Hutchinson's a beast, and we never hear Trayvon Walker's name. And that doesn't mean he's bad. We just don't hear it like we hear Hutchinson's name.
1: So for the Bears side, this should be one hundred percent of a lot to me. But the question is has Caleb Williams just made this a whole lot easier for them with some of his comments today? or actually has he not? It's Carlin versus. Joe, ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 88 we are presented by Progressive Insurance. That is a question that we will answer in just moments because you can't always take things at face value. We'll explain why next on ESPN radio.
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
3: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
0: Bears holding the number one pick, trying to figure out their future at quarterback. Draft Caleb Williams or keep current starter Justin Fields? They have given thought to the idea, hey, let's just draft the guy at one, have Justin Fields here, and then they can work it for there. But that's certainly a scenario that they have discussed, and I would imagine might discuss again here in the coming weeks. This is 100% what they should do. Allow Caleb
2: Williams to develop. See what the game really is. How good can he be? How good can Fields be? Justin Fields and Caleb Williams are not the same.
1: There had been a thought all along that we hadn't really heard from Caleb Williams. So are we too quick to assume that he wants to play for the bears, given their history with quarterbacks? It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 80. Well, now we have heard from Caleb Williams who is meeting with teams, including the bears today. And Pete Thamel got the first comments from Williams. Did an interview with him and Nothing in terms of, uh, you know, on tape or on uh, camera or anything, but uh, Pete wrote about his interview with him and laid out parts of what he had to say, including this, which I thought was very interesting when he was asked about if playing in Chicago is something that he wants to do. I'm not pushing any agenda. At the end of the day, the Bears have the last say, regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda of, yeah, I want to go or no, I don't want to go. I'm excited for whatever comes. Now, to be fair, several times in this story, he talked about how much he was excited at the prospect of playing in Chicago, about how he likes deep dish pizza and all that crap. But it easy. Basically, the content. No, I don't mean it like he's not. He doesn't mean it. Deep dish pizza is. Um, That's why I said easy. It is. Come on, um, we can have that debate another time. Caleb Williams, at this point, Joe, I'm not gonna try to read too much into what he wa- uh, what he says. When I see something like, at the end of the day, the Bears have the last say, regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda. That does not mean to me, say Caleb Williams, does not want to play for the Bears. And this is his way of saying
2: it. I mean, I don't think we need to overanalyze it, but I do think it's a strange choice of words. It's pretty straightforward with how you go about handling this business. I want to be the number one pick in the draft. The Bears have the number one pick. I want to play for the Chicago Bears. I can't wait at fulfilling the opportunity. And, end of end of quote. Like yeah. when we're sliding in all this extra stuff, look, they've got the pick regardless of how I feel Why why does he feel the need to slide that in? I think it's because he wants you to know, regardless of how I feel, I'm not pushing an agenda. He's not – two things can be true here. He cannot be pushing an agenda, but he can also not prefer going to Chicago. He is from the D.C. area. The commanders, Cliff Kingsbury, the offensive coordinator there, who he has familiarity with, he could look at that option and say, I would much rather go there. It's no disrespect to the Bears – It's just the preference. Think of it like this. And I've thought about this before. If for some odd reason in an alternate universe, I was an NBA superstar. I was this fantastic basketball player. And the first two picks on the board were the Detroit Pistons followed by the Miami Heat. Yeah, I'd like to be number one overall. But, you know... I'd rather go to Miami. Yeah, I'd rather be young and have a ton of money and be in the sun and be near South Beach than be in Detroit. All due respect to Detroit. But I think everyone understands the point I'm trying to get across here. You can have preferences for other teams. I just find it interesting that he hasn't mastered the art of just BSing the media yet. How you feel is how you feel. Nothing wrong with that. But right now, you're auditioning to be the CEO, the president of the Chicago Bears. You are going to be the face of that organization. And the face has to understand how to handle and manipulate the media. There's a lot of stuff all of us would like to say publicly, but we can't. You got to be able to say the right thing and you got to be able to do it in the right moment. And the only thing he needs to say right there is that he wants to be the number one overall pick. Chicago's got the pick. He's looking forward to being a Chicago Bear if they feel the same way. The whole regardless of how I feel, it just adds an extra layer that leads to people like us talking about
1: whether or not. Eh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know here. I get it, but I, I don't think that serves him. Like if you're saying that he purposely slid that in there, I don't think that serves him right. No, now. I just think he's being honest. I don't
2: yeah. think he wants to play for them. I think he, he, I don't think it's the end of the world. If they draft him, he's going to show up. He's going to work hard. He's going to be a bear. But I think in his mind, he probably has a preference. Okay, like the other the- thing, if, if I was that NBA star, yeah, of course, I'll show mm-hmm. up in Detroit. I'm going to try to kick ass
1: every day. But I'd kind of rather Miami trade up and I get to go play in Miami. But what is right now all about if that's the case? It's all about strategy. And the last thing that you want to do right now is take the Bears' legs out from under them when we're two months out. When we're two months out from the draft, do you want to do that right away? I don't know that you want to do that. So I don't think it was – I think it's one of those things that just kind of slipped out and he didn't realize how he was saying it. I think Caleb Williams has had more than enough um, prepping in terms of all of these interviews – a lot of, most of the time, I'd say 85% of the time, I'd say in quotes, there are no accidents. Feels like a little bit of a misstep to me.
2: I think all that just happened was he expressed his true feelings. I don't think he should be punished for it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think what we have here is an individual that he's ready to go, but he doesn't look at the Bears as the top choice. He's probably acutely aware of the fact that Washington could trade from two to one. And Mm. perhaps with Kingsbury in Washington, and again, him being from the D.C. area, that is the preference for him. We all have preferences in life. It doesn't mean we're going to try to force him to happen. We understand the realities of the situation. I don't think it's a knock on the Bears. I don't think he's trying to get out of going to Chicago or anything like that. I think he is kind of letting it know, like, yeah, you know, it's just regardless of how I feel. And how I feel is, you know, I would kind of prefer not the Bears.
1: But it's not (laughs) the end of the world. Well, i'm very curious as to how a gm approaches this with the team because people are asking that question so ryan poles was asked about this yesterday about the possibility if he's worried that maybe williams doesn't want to play in chicago
0: no 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 concerns about that at all i i would love to know why if that was the case like i said i think um as a young quarterback and i've been around it the infrastructure is important and i think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if if Justin were to stay here as well.
1: So I think that's a great answer to have. And I also think that if you're Ryan Poles, I don't care what you want right now. You know, I'm not going to say that to you personally, but I don't care what you want. I'm operating in the best interest of my franchise. And there have been tough situations that you have that, that have happened in the league over the years, When it comes to John Elway, it comes to Eli Manning, where teams that were told he's not playing there took him because he was the best player and he still ended up not playing there. But you have to do what you have to do when it's best for your organization.
2: Let me ask you this. When they sit down in that meeting that's coming up in the very near future, Caleb Williams and Ryan Poles and the contingent from the Chicago Bears, do you think at any point the Bears are going to broach the subject of whether or not he has any concerns about playing in Chicago? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Then Poles is absolutely full of crap when he gives you that quote and says, no, no, we're not worried at all. Because you know what? there's at least 1% of you that has to think about that. There's at least 1% of you. I think you. that's
1: more gathering information than being
2: worried. I, I, You don't think that after all the speculation on this, he's never had a moment where he's thought to himself, what if this kid doesn't want to play here? I'm not saying he believes it. I'm just saying, you don't think there's been a fleeting moment where he's addressed that in his own mind as to whether or not that kid might not want to play for his organization? Sure. After all,
1: not exactly a well-run organization based on recent history. Well, that's that's completely fair. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Then there's the future of another L.A. superstar who may not get what he wants either. Mmm, Spicy. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80.
0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN
2: Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
0: I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. I know it's about that many. I was asked this question, will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just him dunking it? I'm 50-50. I think it's really going to be about health and and contending. I I think that he's not going to want to hang on if he's playing 40 games a year and the team continues to struggle. He probably could play another four years physically, but I don't think he could take being on a team that's not necessarily contending year after year.
1: When this guy speaks, you have to listen and you have to pay attention because he will always give you a piece of information that you weren't expecting. It's Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. It's Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, host of the Hoop Collective podcast, where you get smarter about basketball if you're interested in that kind of thing. And Brian, we appreciate it as always, and I just want to start here. You dropped on first take this week that, you think LeBron is kind of angling here for a new multi-year like 3-year deal and you know whether well north of nine figures here with the Lakers. And I kind of that kind of jumped off the page to me, wow, another 3 years that he's thinking about when he has gone year to year for as long as he has in his career. So I guess two things. Number one, what does this look like right now? And number two, does LeBron know something, that, something about somebody else joining the Lakers that we don't?
4: No, I, I, here's the thing. LeBron is probably going to opt out of his contract for two reasons. One, if he's going to continue his career, and I think he will. He probably thinks he will, but I can't see where the world will be in, in uh, May, June. If he continues his career, he's going to want to have... More money on his contract. I think anybody would. The second thing is, right now, he does not have a no trade clause in his contract. And if he extends his contract, he's not allowed to put a no trade clause in. So by opting out of his contract, number one, he can give himself, you know, multiple years. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three. He's only allowed to sign for three. That's the rule when you're over the age of uh, 38, which he is. Um, and the reason they have that rule as a quick aside is so that they can't do. You know, shenanigans like give a guy who's going to to play one more year a a five year contract and, you know, sort of secretly spread out the money. It's a it's an anti salary cap um, dodgery move. Anyway, um, you know, and the other thing is people were reacting to nine figure deal like, oh, my God, nine figures. Guys, (laughs) a two year deal for LeBron is now nine figures. His his his, you know, his contract next year calls for fifty one million dollars. If he signs for two years, it's nine figures. Um, so maybe, you know, we'll see. My point is like, uh, his discussions with the Lakers and him sort of hedging on his future and stuff like that. Part of that is a negotiation because if he wants to continue his career, he's going to want to be able to get the terms that he wants. So, um, I actually, I think this is, I know that people reacted to that, like, oh my God, it was an incredible news item, but it was actually just, Uh, elementary
1: analysis of the situation okay so i've blown it all completely out of proportion no you haven't
4: no 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 glad (laughs) to say that i wasn't clear i'm just saying like um if you were in lebron's shoes you would probably opt out of your contract and probably do a multi-year nine-figure deal too
2: follow up on that is there any belief sense that the lakers are not on board with that plan uh, LeBron obviously likes to plan. Maybe it's three years. Is there any sense that maybe the Lakers are like, we're kind of ready for the post
4: LeBron era? I can't possibly see how that could be true because LeBron is still playing at an all NBA level. He is still an incredible draw and value to the franchise. And frankly, he's irreplaceable. So, yeah, you know, this is what I used to say to people in Cleveland. He used to complain about LeBron. Um, for various things, I would say you know it's a irreplaceable resource. So I hope you enjoy it because when it goes away, he uh, you can't keep it back. So well, the only reason I uh, think absolutely. maybe
1: we thought that a little bit though, J- uh, Brian, was because you know the Lakers kind of said, eh, "Talk to LeBron" when the whole Warriors trade thing came up.
4: Absolutely, and I think the Lakers are uh, probably were a little bit annoyed that a team was calling to ask whether they would want to trade him um, because the The reason that the Warriors called was because some of the things LeBron was saying and doing led them to believe that LeBron might not be happy, and I think it was interesting that in the wake of that, LeBron came out and was very clear that he was happy. Not only did he decline the the you know the the any interest in, in a trade, but he then came out and was like, "I want to be a Laker, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Which is why I think the Lakers actually came out of that in a better position because you know LeBron was previously not being committal on his option which he's not being committal because he's probably not picking it up that's probably you know that's the reason he's not doing it but Ned Laker's kind of got you know a a free recommitment from LeBron um, by handling it that way but I think that you know as anybody would be annoyed if their franchise player was you know tweeting emojis and making cryptic stuff.
2: One last question on James before we move on to the rest of the NBA. Um, you know, it's a different sport, but I think Aaron Rodgers felt he was going to be able to end his career on his terms and then the Packers said goodbye. Same thing with Brady in New England. Do you see LeBron being able to end his career
4: on his terms? As long as he can avoid injury. Yeah, I do. Right. Um, I mean, here's something else. It's very, very important to the Lakers organization and this was adopted by Dr. Jerry Buss, and was it certainly informed the way they handled Kobe. Um, it's very important to the Lakers' history, uh, future and organization that it, the message is clear that they take very good care of their superstar players, their franchise players, because they're always going to try to be recruiting more of them. And so... Um, Uh, right now it's a no brainer because LeBron is worth every bit of what he does plus more. Um, uh, and, but I mean, more than just the, you know, when when you look at the analysis, like you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. If he's worth $51 million a year, if you can get yourself a whiteboard and, a, and, a, and an iPad you gin up a bunch of numbers and you, you know prove your thesis that he's not or you want to do something and turn in your term paper and feel good about yourself and tweet it out, um, you got to understand that the Lakers are also having to play the long game when it comes to this. So I don't even think that's an issue because I think LeBron is still playing so well. But you also have to figure that in to way, you know, the, the way they, they they would probably
1: handle the end of it, too. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, host of the Hoop Collective podcast. Brian, um, Milwaukee's look great. The Celtics are just rolling nine in a row. Are the Celtics just going to roll through the east or can Milwaukee or someone else legitimately challenge them?
4: The Celtics are incredibly impressive. Um, we're talking number one offense, number two defense. They have a ten net rating, which means that every hundred possessions they outscore the opponents by ten plus points. That is historically the demarcation line between Uber elite teams. We're talking about the seventy three win warriors, the seventy two win bulls, you know you know stuff like that. Um, they are number one in the league in three-point shooting. They're number one in the league in rebounds per game. They're in the top five in assists. They're in the top five in steals. They're in the top five in blocks. They're almost unbeatable at home, and they have the best road record in the league. Um, they play with great size. Uh, they can they can bend their off their uh, their lineups in a lot of different directions. Uh, they are as impressive of a team as you can have in the modern era, um, and there is no reason why they shouldn't be the overwhelming favorites. Having said that, <laughs> they have shown the last couple of years that they they are not always closers in the postseason. And um, you know, uh, one of their they have two home losses. One of them to Denver, who they play again in Denver next week. And you know, Milwaukee has a very high ceiling. So uh, I think that the Celtics, in a lot of ways, are undervalued. You know, last year we didn't pay much attention to the Nuggets. They led the Western Conference pretty much for three, four months. Um, we're a killer team in the clutch. Awesome offense. Had MVP-level player, obviously. And we were so focused on how, how bunched up the West was and how there was like two games between the second place and eighth place and you know, how you know the, um, the Warriors and Lakers were pulling these upsets. We didn't recognize that the best team was staring at us the whole time. And when they went 10-1 and down the stretch in the playoffs, it was like, oh. I think the Celtics could be that type of team, but because of the scar tissue they have from the last couple of years, I can also understand why people are like, "You got to prove it to us."
2: Wendy, if the Celtics are fully healthy, representing the East, and the Nuggets are fully healthy, representing the West, you got to make a pick right now. Who'd you pick to win that series?
4: Well, I probably would pick Denver because out of the respect and how difficult. Um, you can be it is disrespectful if you want. This show's very disrespectful. With- to deal with Jokic, I think it would, it would be very hard. But I'm telling you, Boston has the tools to do anything. So, I mean, I think that would be a tremendous, tremendous playoff series. And look, I have a tradition. I book my hotels for the finals um, every year in January because um, the finals dates are predictable. And, um, you know, you, you pick like the three or four places you think the finals are going to be. I got finals reservations in Boston and Denver. Now, Is I that also it? had him in Boston. No, I have him in L.A. too. Ooh, okay.
2: Just um, wanted to get the full list. So Wendy's uh, reservations are in L.A., Boston, and Denver, correct? Right. How, right. how and, often are you surprised by this late in the year where you have to book something else?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, last well, I think last year I had him in Denver, but I had him in Boston last year too. I had to cancel him. And I don't think I had him in Miami. I, clearly, I didn't have him in Miami. So, <laughs> I think most of um, us wouldn't have so, had them. So in so Miami. So last year was the answer. Okay. Yeah, last year. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I love that nugget. Oh, that's tremendous. That's why he's Brian Windhorst. He is host of the Hoop Collective podcast. It is just one of the most outstanding basketball podcasts out there. And, of course, ESPN NBA Insider. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks, Thanks,
4: Wendy. Wendy. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good day.
1: You too. I love that.
2: Meanwhile, Carlin gets the Rutgers football schedule. He's booking the hotel,
1: like, the Friday before the game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just looked at it last night. In fact, I actually did. I yeah. looked at it. I'm like, oh, God, we're going to UCLA. <laughs> hey, that'll be all right. You get to yeah, go to actually, California. I'm sorry. We're going to USC next year. Sorry for your troubles. No, no, no. I'm like, I just, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I completely forgot about uh, that.
2: Like, surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rutgers at USC.
1: Yeah. It's a yeah. new rivalry in the making. <laughs> We also go to Blacksburg, Virginia, so you tell me. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Yeah, I know Lincoln Riley's had the game uh, circled on his calendar for a while. Uh, Joe, one NFL GM made headlines by talking about a trade he pulled off six years ago. Who's going to copy him this year? It's next. Carlin versus Joe. Mysteriously, ESPN Radio. (laughs)
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured...
5: Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contacts writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contacts' best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contacts' expert live customer support.
0: The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. Are you ready? Live from the heart of downtown Detroit, Michigan. The Detroit Lions select. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 25th. The
4: NFL Draft is now officially
0: over. The countdown rolls on. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC.
1: And, oh, very exciting, very exciting, We've got some breaking news coming out of the combine in Indianapolis, Joe. Oh let's get to it
0: breaking breaking news
1: The jets have given Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. <laughs> we did it. a tear for the career of Zach Wilson in New york that is um no comment well, I mean it,
2: it I'm glad that that's there you go Jets. good news. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Very excited to see what's next for the Jets. Um, You know, Zach Wilson didn't do himself any favors, but it's not like the Jets did a great job of building that kid up. They did a
1: real poor job as well. Uh, No, I think everybody played a nice role in the middle of that debacle. Yeah. So here we are. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We just wanted to keep you on the very edge of breaking news as it comes up. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, Brandon Bean, the Bills GM yesterday, was talking at his press conference about when they moved up a few years back and went to go get their quarterback of the future in Josh Allen. And he had this to say about it, which I think is interesting. When you consider all the risk that is involved, well... Obviously, when you're making a heavy move to go get your quarterback, there's big risk involved. And here is Bean on exactly how you have to face that as a GM.
2: If you can get a franchise quarterback, if he turns out to be a franchise quarterback, it'll be a good move. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a brilliant way of putting it. You know, because ultimately, I mean, how many guys not named Howie Roseman get a chance to draft a quarterback like four or five times? Not outside many. more than once. Not many. Yeah.
2: Not, not many, many at all. But I would go one step further. If you're a competent organization, you can make big you can take big swings, you can miss, and you'll still be fine. Like Bean's only like talking about being successful. Yeah. Bean was very successful with Allen, so no one thinks about what they gave up. No one's going to think about what the Chiefs gave up to move up to 10 or whatever it was to draft Patrick Mahomes because they were very successful. But you know what? No one cares what the Rams gave up to go get Jared Goff. It didn't even work out with Goff, but they still went to a Super Bowl with him and then traded him and then went and won a Super Bowl. Nobody cares what the Eagles gave up to go get Carson Wentz. That didn't work out, but the Eagles still went on to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles quarterbacking the team and then appeared in another Super Bowl a few years later. And then to the 49ers, which is the most important one. They swung and missed in probably the worst-case scenario in draft history. They gave up a boatload to go get a guy that couldn't even sniff the field, and then they moved him for nothing, nothing, and started the last pick in the draft and went to the Super Bowl with him. And no one cares anymore. This was a huge choice. I was on air last summer when the Niners made that trade. I was on with Myron Metcalf. We did two straight hours on that and how ridiculous it was. No one even cares anymore that the Niners swung on Lance because they're good. They figured it out. So you know what? It doesn't come down to whether or not you hit on the pick. It's whether or not as an organization, you're making good decisions in totality. You don't need to hit a thousand in, 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 in the NFL with your roster. Just hit at a good enough rate that
1: you're able to win games so that you can continue to take these swings. Well, then there are the other organizations that don't have that history that haven't been managed well, that you have GMs in place where they haven't necessarily had great success and now they have to take the big swing to try to make it happen, or just the GM who is trying to find his franchise quarterback. Joe, this is exactly why the Raiders have to trade up to go get Jaden Daniels. I- I'm so convinced of this in just trying to piece together a rudderless ship, and what their path is to finally becoming respectable, you're Tom Telesco. You just had Justin Herbert fall into your lap when you were with the Chargers, but you're coming in, and you have a head coach, in Antonio Pierce, who has an incredible relationship with Jaden Daniels already. Why? For those who are unaware, Antonio Pierce was on Herm Edwards' staff and was basically the primary recruiting assistant coach when, at Arizona State, Jaden Daniels went there first and transferred out after Herm got fired. And he had a great relationship and continues to have a great relationship, from what I understand, with Antonio Pierce. That's number one. But number two, boy, the, the ability is just off the charts. I really believe that. I know people are talking about that there are three guys at the top of the draft. I really feel like there are two guys at the top of the draft with the quarterbacks. And I think Jaden Daniels is the other one. And you called Stroud over young last year. I did. I did. So thank you for laying out my curriculum vitae and your resume, if your, you will. your resume. It's
2: it's it's sterling in terms well, of the last, you know, 10, 10 months or so. Every fat squirrel
1: finds an acorn.
2: Not sure where you were on Manning versus Leaf, but neither here nor there at the moment. Mm, doesn't matter. Big oh. fan out of the, of the kid from Washington State.
1: Loved Ryan Leaf. <laughs> a big you, you don't make quarterbacks this big. No, exactly. Look at a kid. <laughs> He's a tree. <laughs> Peyton didn't have the guts to go play for the Jets last year. (laughs) Anyway. I agree with you, though. The the, the
2: Raiders (laughs) are an irrelevant franchise. You are irrelevant. Irrelevant. You You have the second longest playoff winning drought in the NFL. It's the Dolphins at 23 years. It's you at 21 years. No one cares about you. The Chiefs matter more. The Chargers matter more. The Broncos matter more. And that's just your own division. Go take a swing, because if you're going to keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting
1: the results that you've been getting. Exactly. You cannot continue to not even tread water to drown the organization. That's what you're doing. And it's unfortunate, but now you have new people in place. Give them a chance with a guy that is already familiar with the coach and has unbelievable ability.
0: This is the Carlin
4: vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.